My name's Bushkin. Um, I started off as a mobile sound system or youth sound system back in the days. Um, that led me into becoming a, a garage MC. Um, and off the back of all of that, I've set up an independent record label. My background, like I said, started off as a, a mobile sound system, youth sound system, um, originally based in North London, um, but we travelled all over playing music and entertaining crowds. From that, the house party days, then to kind of youth clubs and, and kind of community halls, um, and then to nightclubs. Um, we have got a very interesting story about uh, a house party we've done in Kensal Rise. But I won't elaborate on that very now, but that is a connection, I think, with the, with kind of West London and Brent. Um, and yeah, like I said, um, I set up a record label, Bush Bush Recordings, over 10 years ago now. Um, and I'm actually based in Acton, North West London. Um, growing up, um, it was all kind of reggae um, and reggae group. Um, I grew up with my mum and my elder brother. Um, so, like, initially, um, was into a lot of reggae was being played, the John Holtz and um, that kind of music. And then also, like, the the rare groove sounds as well. My mum was into, she was actually had a sound system herself. Um, but then, yes, there's that, that, that Jimmy Magic. I know she used to be a fan of those. Um, Black Slate on the kind of rare groove tip. Um, the Janet Cage, those type of things would be getting played. Um, and then as we got older, um, my mum was like quite young in with the swing of things, mum. And my brother was like four years older than me. So I remember as we got older, my brother was kind of into hip hop a lot. Um, so we, we had a kind of phase where we were all kind of into hip hop, LA called Jay and things like that. Um, and we also kind of went through the kind of dance music like together as well, kind of 80s dance and that kind of that kind of era. So, yeah, man, it's been a, a journey. Funny enough, we all kind of stuck on the journey together as a, as a family, me, my mum, and my brother, and later when my, my little sister was born. Um, the first record that I actually brought, um, there was two. There was me and my brother. The first record my mum got us was um, Kenny Everett, I think his name was. Was it Kenny Everett, that comedian kind of guy? Um, but it was kind of like a spin-off kind of cheesy tune. Um, so that was the first we got selectively, but then um, myself, the first tune I actually bought was Tiger, You're Dead Now. And I remember it was that I heard it on the radio, I was continuing hearing it, and I was begging my dad to buy it for me. And I remember my dad taking me out to the record shop and buying that tune, Tiger, You're Dead Now. It's still one of my favorites up to now. It just, when it came out, it had such a total different sound than the kind of uh, ragga, it's called then the, the ragga at the time. Okay, back then, when I used to go out to listen to reggae music, I mean, like I said, I grew up in the, the youth sound system. It got like youth sounds used to be called. So um, I'm from North London. So we used to go to places like um, Hackney Downs, um, and there used to be all days there, Crystal Park all days. And this is I was about probably between 12 and, yeah, probably between 11 and 14 these days here. Um, Crystal Park all day, Hackney Downs all day, um, Elthorne all day. Um, where else? It's Haggerston Park all day. So these are kind of all big parks in North and East London. Again, being really young, you couldn't really go to clubs, so to speak. But then you also did get like um, kiddies parties, under 18s. Um, and the under 18s were really popular when they came about. They would normally be in that holiday period. And then 
stage, those places were like Oasis, Barry Diner, Factory, Chimes, Gabriel's Youth Center, Flower Pot in Tottenham, Palm Trees. Like they were the, the venues that we all used to go to back then. And so that would probably be from like 13 to like 15. 13, yeah, 13, 15, 16. That would have been that era. Nowadays, fun about, um, I listen to most of it on, on YouTube. Occasionally, I do get to go out. I mean, we're always gigging ourselves. So it's a cure and a curse, basically. Um, a lot of times when I see interesting parties that I want to go to, I'm often like playing out and performing myself. But occasionally, I will go out to... Um, I like to go to Birmingham. Birmingham's got a good like reggae bashment scene. Again, there is a lot of things in northwest London that, that they, they pop up. I'll go and I check them out and support them. I'm trying to think of some venues off the top of my head. But I can't actually think. I remember Tudor Rose used to be a good venue back in the days. I remember going there a good few times. Reggae music. Carnival's always a good one. Yeah, there's a few other venues, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. Reggae events. It's, I mean, the reggae scene is kind of like a, it's a circuit. Um, it's a scene and a circuit to itself. So, I mean, flyers are still, flyers are still the done thing. And uh, I, I often find out a lot of, about the events via flyers. And I'll pick them up from the West Indian food shops. So Old Cheese in, in um, Shepherd's Bush, I'll go to often. And a few other shops like that, and I'll pick up the flyers. Yes, a bit on social media. There's a few people on social media that I follow who will kind of promote stuff. Again, it's a lot of word of mouth by DJs. Not so much hearing stuff on radio um, that much. I mean, radio, I don't really listen to radio that much, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's kind of, I think, word of mouth and flyers, to be honest with you. I mean... What it is as well, when you go out to an event, when you come out from an event, you get like bombarded with flyers for the next like couple months, basically. So I think that's probably one of the main, the main ways as well. I've got loads of favourite reggae tracks, and all for different reasons at different times. Um, ones that spring to mind are Papa Sam Strange. Um, I remember when I was a bit of an adolescent and I was, I was being a bit naughty and I got sent to my grand. Um, and that tune kind of just kept my company and I used to just listen to it and just think, oh, what's happening in my life and stuff like that. Uh, Bourgeois Banton, Browning and Black Woman, those tunes were like, yeah, epic. I used to love both of them. Sizzler, Thank You Mama. Sizzler, Can't Keep a Good Man Down. Vibes Cartel, Sound Strong. Oh, God, there's so many Vibes Cartels tunes, in fact. Um, Cutty Rank from Beres Hammond, Any Woman. Yeah, I'll leave it there because I could be here all day. Brent, which covers Northwest London, I mean, it, I mean, reggae in the UK owes a lot, I would say, to Northwest London, which is Brent. I mean, yeah, literally Halston, if I could home in on a particular place, it's kind of like a, a little Jamaica. I remember I used to go there and think, yeah, it is like a mini Jamaica. Big up guys at Connor and Dreams Club just spring to mind. I should have mentioned that earlier. Dreams Club, I remember going there and, and listening to dance or reggae. Um, but yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is exactly, but it's like the Brent and North West London has just got the thick of like reggae and dance, or like a lot of the artists come from there. I wouldn't, I don't know I, I, if it's such a bold step to say that it literally started over there, but I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if people said that, yeah, that the first artist that started to bust in the UK came from North West London. That wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if it's true or not, but um, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, definitely played a big part and had Brent and Northwest London house in particular definitely influenced the whole reggae scene in a major way. Impact of sound systems in general, um, the impact of sound systems and Jamaican culture in general has that impacted the whole UK music scene. 
and it's literally changed the way we play and listen to music like in its entirety. Uh, again, going back to what, what I was saying, which I don't know if it's founded, but I would I definitely owe a lot of that sound system culture to Northwest London. Um, a lot of the big sounds come from there. So, I mean, yeah, it's played a, a massive part. Yeah, like I said initially, the, the reggae scene, it's a circuit and it's a, uh, like a, a, yeah, it's a, a scene on, onto itself in a way. Um, and within that scene, you, you, I can money's getting stifled around and pushed around. So, um, yeah, it does it, it does stem from the sound system. From sound systems, then you've got promoters putting on dances, you understand? you've got punters coming and paying, you've got sound systems making dub tapes of people. So, again, money's getting circulated there. You understand? This is clothing and feeding the artists, you understand? It's making the artists look, look a certain way. So, that, I mean, the money they're making, they're going out and spending in the barbershop to look good, you understand, they're spending it on clothes, you understand, and, and training and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, it, just from the, the sound system alone, you can see there's so many different avenues and ways that money's getting made and it's getting cycled around a small circle, you understand, and as, as much as it's getting cycled, cycled around that circle, the circle will be growing and expanding outwards. So, um, yeah, I think sound systems play a massive um, a massive part in, in kind of black culture and the circulating money around the seniors and it's pretty much an independent thing a lot of these people you find probably didn't have normal day jobs so um then the sound system was the, their kind of bread and butter and again them th- there's so many things that spring to mind that come off it basically you've got people who sell weed the intent they're byproducts of sound systems in sense People who play music and generally sound systems, generally Jamaican culture, they smoke a lot of weed, you understand? So they're getting paid, you understand? Which is, in a way, funding the, the local weed man, you understand? And you've got probably other people who are investing in the sound systems. And yeah, man, it's a big scene. And it's, it's yeah, it's definitely keeping a lot of people afloat, probably without them even knowing it. Reggae music, Jamaican culture in general, has been very influential on the world, much less just us guys growing up in London and the UK. I mean, the fashion kind of this whole thing kind of stems Jamaica sounds to kind of stem from Jamaica and uh, was brought on over to the UK and I mean what you've kind of find with Jamaica is a third world country people are poorer um, but they've got a lot of confidence and a lot of style quite boastful and playful um, and that comes across in their dress sense you understand where it's a hot country as well people like bright stuff they like to stand out and be different and again when you have got lesser when you are poor it kind of makes you a bit more creative and that creativity is what we kind of see in the garms and their swagger in, in Jamaican swagger and, and their clothes. And I think that kind of come over to the UK with the sound system culture and um, with the reggae music in general. So growing up, like in the youth sound system days, we were heavily influenced by Bridget Banton and these kind of people wearing the Viking shoes, ballet shoes, Clark's boots. It was like all about the bleach jeans then. So we were wearing the Cartino, Cartini. Sarcino jeans, Paco jeans, um, Major Damage was another brand back then. Also, we was influenced by like the Shabarank haircut, the lean top haircut. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the reggae music definitely influenced us all, influenced our dress sense right across the board. Um, it even influenced the jungle. It, 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 I mean, the reggae music has influenced the whole UK music scene step by step, right the way through, even now to grime and drill. It's still got its roots attached with the reggae scene. And the dress code is always, it, it's, um, the swagger, it, it's come from Jamaica and it's still running right across now. You know, Definitely reggae music, again, um, 100% affected the way we dance. Again, just 
by Jamaican nature, them being so, kind of so fun and, and playful, they're always coming up with different dances to go with the music. So um, so things that spring to mind were the Bogle dance, the Tatty, the Armstrong, girls whining and stuff like that. And yeah, it completely influenced the way we danced. And, and then off the back of that, you had Elephant Man come with Signal the Plane and all these type of dancers, Roll the Boat. And I mean, they catch on. It, it is catchy. And, and before you know it, everybody's doing it. And then a new dance comes out and everyone jumps onto that. So, I mean, yeah, reggae music, um, music in general is really powerful. In terms of music in general is very influential. But I mean, reggae music, yeah, it's just got that power to kind of just motivate and get people to do stuff. And again, it's a scene, it's, it's a culture. In terms of once you're in that scene and once you're in that culture, it does influence you from the way you talk, the way you dress, the way you dance. It's pretty much a way of life. That if you're in the reggae scene, it is pretty much a way of life. There's certain words and slang words, there's certain behaviours, there's certain actions, there's certain expressions that all come under the banner. And if you're doing any of those, people could cut, cut literally, you might not even need to say something, but someone could probably see the way you're walking or acting or dressing and think, yeah, he's in that reggae kind of circle or he's come from that, that world. Off the back of the last question, music has always been... Like it's extremely powerful, as I say, it's like a universal language. And um, often people have used music. I mean, music in general is a way to voice your opinion. You understand? It's a way to voice things that generally you're unhappy about, things that you may not speak in normal tongue. You understand? Music is very expressive. You understand? So when there is unrest, when things are happening, you understand, with the government or with politics that people are not necessarily in agreement with, you often find that someone's going to speak about it through the music. And with them speaking about it through the music, a lot of ears are getting to hear it. So what you find is something's going on. There's a bit of unrest in, a, in an area, in a community, in a borough, and um, someone's going to be the voice of that, that people, and someone's going to say everything in a song that everyone's thinking. And because of that, everyone's going to gravitate to the song. And depending on what the song's saying, whether it's a Bob Marley kind of type song, where it's saying, like, peace and love and you know, just hold on, hold strong, and things are going to get better, yeah, then that's going to be the general sense of the people who are listening to it. Or you could have a, a, a different song, like, let's just say, NWA, Fuck the Police. Um, people are going to take that and take the anger out of it and act accordingly with that song. So I think, yeah, there's definitely a big, um, like, music and politics go hand in hand. Um, again, this stems from Jamaica, Jamaican sound systems, yeah, and where the politicians in Jamaica used to use music and certain musical groups to influence the people and to influence the internet to get a stronghold on the people. And um, I think they, they used to pay certain people and, again, gangsters and musicians, the internet, again, they go hand in hand, and they used to pay people up. So, I mean, that's definitely rubbed off over here as well. We had Stormzy recently flirting things out. Um, at his concert and in, in his songs um, about the government and about which way people should go and who people should vo vote for. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely music and politics, they've always been, and whether it's been hand in hand or hand on throat, there's always been a connection, a deep connection. And definitely musicians have had and do influence the people to act a certain way, yes, and whether that is in a positive way or a negative way towards the government. I come from the reggae scene, so 
yeah, I'm, I'm still connected with it. I still speak to a lot of the reggae artists, a lot of dancehall artists. We still get dub late. I mean, Heartless Crew still see ourselves as a sound system. That's never going to change. So, yeah, still heavily collected, connected. Still got connections in Jamaica and still speak to artists over there. Still got, like I said, when I can go to the, the dances and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm connected. And that, again, it's still... That the reggae scene is very influential. It's something you 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 want to be connected with because it's like a it makes things happen and it, like when you're connected with it, you've got your finger on the pulse to a certain extent. I'm still connected with pirate radio stations and stuff like that. So yeah, I still like to say that I'm I'm heavily connected. Still speak to a lot of the um, like sounds in Northwest London, i.e. Invasion Crew, MJ and Toddler. Still speak to them very often and do gigs with both guys and. You understand? The, the General Levy's, I'm always speaking with him, and we had him on our radio show not long ago. So, um, yeah, man, still still connected, man. Funny enough, we've just done a mix, and we played um, a dublet we had from Middle Road back in the days. We, we, that's going to, uh, we've done a pre record for our radio show on Sunday on BBC One Extra, and we featured that tune, and that's got like all a load of Northwest artists, um, Tabby T, RIP, um, Sweetie Irie. So yeah, man, still like to think of that. I'm heavily connected in, in the reggae scene. I mean, I'd definitely like to see more of our culture in, in museums, places where it can just it can last and stand the test of time. I mean, some exhibitions would be really good. Um, I mean, what you're actually doing, this 2020 project, is amazing. Um, it's a great initiative, and it, these things just preserve the culture. I mean, yeah, it would be good to have things in uh, books, I think it's just right across the board. It's, it'd be good to have a lot more stuff documented on the internet and on on web on the on the web, basically, because again, that's kind of the digital way now. I mean, books and stuff like that have almost becoming redundant. Although it's something that we don't necessarily want to see happening. I mean, everything's about the digital age now. So as much as I'm saying all those old school things, I think we just need more documentation on the web. The internet it just needs to be on the web and accessible, more easily accessible and but yeah, we just need to make a, a song and dance out, out, out of it much more and let people know the influence and what reggae music has done and the sound system culture has done and, and Brent as a borough has actually done for UK, the UK music scene.